0: You are listening to the Beyond the High Road podcast with Shelby Milford, episode number 36. Stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond the High Road. Hello, everybody. Hello. Today, we are going to be talking about shame. Yay. <laughs> I have just been eating a bunch of Mike and Ike candies. I don't know if I told you guys I have been, this has nothing to do with the shame, by the way. (laughs) I'm not shaming myself over the Mike and Ikes. I told you guys, I get this, I have this sugar craving thing going on. Today and yesterday, really too, I have done no mind management around it. And that's okay because I'm not like, I don't have a goal right now, but I do like it when I don't, you know, when I'm not constantly Snacking on sugar stuff. But anyway, yesterday I had to go to the dollar store for something. I love that place for like specific things, you know, like paint brushes, if you know you're gonna throw them away, right? The best for that. For a lot of things. There's a lot of like great little things that you can get there. Throwaway containers. Anyway, I went there to get something. What did I go there to get yesterday? Oh, yeah, to get a paintbrush or like a paint squishy sponge thingy. And then, of course, inevitably, I was like, oh, that's right. They have the best candy aisle here. And so I left with Mike and Ike's and Junior Mints. I had all the Junior Mints on the way home. <laughs> I live three minutes from there. <laughs> and today, I remembered that the Mike and Ike's were in there. And I just went and took a handful out of there. Anyway, I'm telling you that because as I was looking up into the camera, I saw my tongue, and my tongue is like a Smurf tongue. <laughs> it's blue. Anyway, moving along, I am not shaming myself about that at all. In fact, I'm pretty happy with my decision because they were delicious. (laughs) Also, Healing Reinvention Program is open. If you want to get a handle of the way that you're thinking and apply the concepts that I talk about here in this show to your specific situations, then come on, come join us. So what is shame? Shame is the idea that I'm not good enough. So like where guilt is feeling bad about an action, whatever it is that you did or didn't do, not showing up somewhere, being inconsiderate to somebody. As a kid, maybe you snuck out of the house. Okay. If you're feeling bad about doing the thing, then that's guilt. Right, It's the cognitive dissonance that we have between, I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and what I did there, even though it's not really my values, I did the thing, and now I feel bad about it. Okay? That's guilt. Shame, on the other hand, is I am bad. I am not like anybody else. Shame thrives in secrecy. It festers in aloneness. It bubbles over and I am the only one. I did a horrible thing, and now I am horrible. I am bad or dirty or wrong. I am unthinkable. I am too damaged, too screwed up, defective or immoral. Okay? That's what shame is. Shame wants to be kept secret. When we feel shame, we want to hide it away. We want to hide away. Okay? And because the nature of alienation the dynamics. Parents who've been rejected, we don't talk about it. We keep it hidden. I know many of my clients have at one time, at least, denied having children when they meet a new person because they don't want to go into the story. They feel not enough or like a bad parent because of their story. So it's just easier to say, I don't have kids. This one's going to hit home for a lot of us, okay? But just know also that it's not going to stay super heavy. Shame is why we wear hats, keep our head down, and duck down aisles in the grocery store when we see somebody that we know. When we see one of our kids' kindergarten teacher, a member of the community at the dry cleaners, and we want to hide away because of shame. Brene Brown says that shame is directly correlated to addiction, violence, eating disorders, bullying, suicide, and I'd like to add to alienation, right? When it boils down to it, shame is the fear that we are alone, that we are disconnected And as humans, we thrive on feeling and being connected, being part of the tribe, being accepted. And so for us as alienated parents, when we feel that we do not belong, right? We don't belong to our family anymore. We don't belong to our children anymore. This can bring up a great deal of shame, erasing and replacing the this strategy here it can be perceived as a direct hit on our character because the aim is to cause us to feel irrelevant and to cause us to feel not wanted not needed to feel replaceable so if we have not yet learned which many of us haven't how to have self compassion empathy for our own selves then we end up being overcome with shame, overwhelmed by shame. And what it causes us to do is retreat even further. So it's the fear of being isolated, of being put under a magnifying glass and at the same time separated as if we're the only one. Yet when we feel shame, our, the tendency is often like for us as alienated parents. I will speak for myself and say that that is exactly what I did. I wanted to retreat, I wanted to self isolate because of the shame. So we end up creating more of the shame because when we go to hide away, it's because the message we're telling ourselves is that for me, when I hid myself away and lived basically like a recluse. The message that I was sending to myself is that I needed to be put away, that I needed to hide, to set myself apart because I wasn't like anybody else. Nobody could relate to me. What I was experiencing was shameful, something awful. How could I let this happen? It's such a powerful emotion because shame suggests and actually demands that we keep it to ourselves, that we hide it away, that we disguise it, protect it. We need to not talk about it. It's not accepted. It is our fault. It is all powerful. When we feel shame, we often feel it and do self-harm. You can use your imagination, but self-harm isn't limited to just cutting or some sort of self-mutilation. Self-harm is any behavior wherein we are putting our mental, physical, or emotional health on the line. So we feel shame and then do self-harm, but then we also feel it on the back end because of the self-harm. So it perpetuates itself, which is exactly why so many of us feel so stuck and alone and isolated. Shame demands that of us. It's a product of not fitting in. Even from back when we were kids in school, we've all felt at some point or feared that we didn't fit in. And then, of course, when it comes to our situation of alienation, we feel like not only do we not fit in with our children, we don't fit in in a family environment. We don't fit in with the other moms or dads that we used to text and call and go hang out with on the weekends. We don't fit in to all the places we once maybe thought that we did. I think it's important to point out there's a difference too, a big difference between fitting in and belonging. The feeling of belonging is feeling safe and empowered to be fully yourself, like to be authentically, genuinely, unapologetically you and still feeling accepted and appreciated for who you are. You can show up as you are flying your freak flag and appreciating And accepting you, your own self. And then feeling it anywhere you go. The only person that can determine whether you belong is you. And sitting in is what we do when we're trying to people please. When we're wanting to be accepted. When we feel like we need to be accepted. Right? And belonging is how we feel when we know that we are accepted. When we accept our own selves. Fitting in doesn't allow you to ever be yourself, doesn't allow you to belong. When we're able to identify shame, when we're able to say, this is shame, then we're able to get a hold of it. Owning it and taking responsibility of it frees you up. If you avoid it and are scared of it, then it will always own you, run you. But when you take ownership, like this is my shame. I am causing this feeling with my own thoughts. And you're not doing that to shame yourself when we take responsibility of our feelings. The idea is to realize that because it's yours, you govern it. You have power over it. What I like to do when I feel shame is to name it out loud and just, this is shame. I am not the first person to experience this feeling. And I will definitely not be the last allow it to be present without wanting to hide it and put it away. Just allowing yourself to feel the emotion. And I'll tell you what, the second that you name it out loud, if you can, you know, if you can just narrate it, like I've talked with you guys about before, it already takes kind of some of the sting away from it. Your central nervous system will calm down. You might still be feeling the shame. You might still be having the (laughs) feelings, right? And that's okay. Just allowing it to be there, knowing that it'll come in waves. But also what is so helpful is to, because what shame does is wants to keep us alone and in secret. When we share that with another person, you know what? I'm feeling I've got a bunch of shame going on right now. Can I share it with you? Telling you it will do wonders for your shame. It pulls it right away. Like if you bring it out of the darkness and into the light, like here it is. Here's my shame. This is what I'm feeling shameful about. I've been shaming myself. I've been feeling awful all day. This is what it is. It's because I did blah, blah, blah. And I'm telling myself that I am bad as a result of it. I'm telling myself that I am broken, that I am too damaged. When you pull it out and share that with somebody that you trust, then what that does is makes you a part of. And then shame can fall away. Because what does shame fester in? It festers in secrecy. So when you're able to share the experience with somebody else that you know will understand or that you feel safe with, then you're able to relate with them. And then oftentimes you'll end up having a laugh about it or maybe a cry about it together. And then we move on. Then what shame has turned into there is a moment of connection. And so we can change the experience entirely by naming it, taking ownership of it, and sharing it with somebody else that we trust, okay? That is your surefire way to start getting a handle of the shame that you might be carrying. Okay. there will be times when you are like, oh, no, I can't share this or when you're tempted to fib a little bit because shame is that secret that you're like, I must protect this at all costs. It's that one that you feel like you have told lie after lie around to try to hide it like you've gone to a lot of effort to try to keep it secret. These are the ones that you want to bring out and look at. If it's no other thing than just to say, that's what this is over here. That's why, because a lot of times what we'll do, our brain is on like a default setting. And it's like, nope, we're not talking about that one. That one goes down in the dungeon and we're going to push it down and we're just going to put boxes on top and we're never going to talk about this again. We've all done this. But so what it's important to do is call that out even to yourself. Pull the boxes away and find those secrets and be like... This isn't that big of a deal. Other people have felt this too. Other people have done whatever it is that I'm shaming myself for, normalizing it, okay? It does help to share it with somebody that you trust or somebody that you think might have had the experience. People will surprise you. Some people that you would think would never do some of the things they've done have done the craziest stuff. Every person, every human being that has walked the face of this earth has felt shame, not just one time, Like numerous times, everybody that you look up to, mentors, teachers, parents, siblings, everybody has felt shame before. Anytime that we get vulnerable or that we step out on a limb, if we dare to do anything outside of the norm, in order to succeed at most things in life, we are going to end up feeling shame. So when you think about it and you frame it that way, then it might help you to think like, oh, right, this is shame. This is my shame. And you know what? This is part of the human experience. I'm going to feel shame. The next person's going to feel shame. Everybody can relate to feeling shame. And maybe, you know, many people don't have the awareness, but everybody knows feeling like they're not enough. Now, like, When we're talking about somebody, the disordered personality, like the alienator, how they deal with their shame, I don't think it's always helpful to sit and contemplate why the alienator does what they do. It depends on the lens you're looking at it from. It helps me sometimes to consider what a person might be thinking in order to do whatever it is that they're doing. So with the person who's alienating your child from you, when they feel shame, like I already was talking about earlier how Brene Brown talks about the direct correlation between addiction, bullying, domestic violence, those sorts of things. The person who's alienating your child from you, one of the reasons that they may be acting in the way that they do, exerting power, bullying, possibly violence, but definitely domestic abuse, right? Is because unrecognized shame that they carry. I mean, I can't say that for certain with all, but I could put money on it, that those that alienate their children from the other parent have a lot of shame, unrecognized shame that they are holding on to. So everybody experiences shame. And I think just knowing what it is and being able to recognize it and just identify it in your own life So that you can normalize it for yourself is so helpful. All right. So I want to share with you, I had an experience with shame just this last week and here it is. So my daughter's 16th birthday was just a few days ago, just the end of last week. And I, as you guys probably have heard, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, I don't live in the same state as her. And we do Zoom pretty irregularly, it seems like these days. But we were doing it once a week, and then it went to once every two weeks. And I'm not really sure where it stands right now. That's a whole other topic. But I had recently gotten an email from my ex regarding the visits over the summer. And he was, I took that email as condescending. And really just unnecessary, the measures that, long story short, the supervisor, I've supervised Zoom visits, and the supervisor had made herself available, said that she would make herself available for texting over the summer, for me and my daughter to, ha- to text back and forth, just more of like a spontaneous sort of connection, right? So that it could be initiated and go back and forth at our leisure, as opposed to having a schedule. And because, you know, the summer was going to be busy, there wasn't going to be very many of the regular Zoom calls. And so it just seemed like a great idea. And so the answer I got returned to me was we'll be buying her a cheap burner phone and she's not going to be carrying it around. So it'll likely be sitting in a drawer. And when she feels like texting you, then she will. Okay. And so her birthday was the following day. I just received that. When I got the email, I just rolled my eyes. It doesn't usually affect me so much. The following day, when we were supposed to have a Zoom call, I was waiting for this call to happen, and it didn't. And I was, as you can imagine, very upset because it was her birthday call. And every year, I tell her how she was born, how she came into this world, the whole chain of events leading up to her being born. And What happened afterwards? It's just what I've been doing with her since forever. The last few years, obviously, it hasn't been done in the same fashion, but I still try to replicate what I can of it and I work with it. So I was fully expecting to see her at this Zoom call and it got canceled by mistake or something. I'm not really clear. But anyway, I was questioning my place and whether I should send her a happy birthday video. I was questioning whether I have the right to do it. My shame was telling me that I was being selfish or it wasn't selfish. It was like that I was being intrusive, that I wasn't deserving of messaging my daughter for her 16th birthday. And I couldn't even See it. And so I thank my friend, a friend of mine who has also experienced alienation in her past. And she showed me that in a simple call last week. And it was just eye opening because I really truly thought I'd worked through all of the shame stemming from that. And look, this one appears right there for me to see. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really do. I was feeling unworthy and undeserving of being able to send my own daughter a happy birthday message. The voice in my head was telling me that I would be breaching some sort of line that I'm not supposed to cross. And I thought, that's not who I am. That's not how I would ever encourage any mom to be. And I definitely wouldn't encourage me to be that way to me, you know? But I didn't, I wasn't even aware of my own shame. And that is how it can show up. It can be sneaky because when you are living it, we we don't have the, the distance from it until we really stop and are able to question it. Or in my case, I was fortunate enough to have a friend of mine who helped me to see that. And so, yeah, we had a call scheduled and I was like, okay, tell me, am I crazy? And then I, of course, I spilled what I told you guys. And she reminded me of the study with Amy Baker and how the adult children have their recounts of childhood. And one of them was like this parent who came up and knocked every week on the door to visit with the kid. And the kid would yell obscenities and send the parent away like week after week after week. When the parent finally decided to listen to the kid and to probably the shame in their head saying, maybe it's just enough. You're just screwing things up. Then and only then did the child decide to think that the parent doesn't love them anymore. The target parent stopped showing up and the kid made that mean that the parent gave up on them and they don't love them. Even though the kid was sending them away, the parent still came up week after week. It was confirmation to the kid that the parents still loved them. And that's what the kid needed at the time. The adult alienated child held on to that story. And so my friend reminded me of this and it made so much sense. She was like, would you be doubting yourself if you weren't in this situation? You are her mom. So why are you questioning how you show love to her? And I thought, you know, that is really, really interesting. I was listening to my shame and didn't even realize it. I was telling myself that I did not have a right to wish my daughter a happy birthday. I was just wanting to send her a video note, but shame told me that I wasn't worthy. Shame told me that my judgment wasn't good, that it wasn't sound. And so having the awareness, then I was able to take ownership of it. Oh, this is shame. I didn't even, I didn't even make the connection before these doubts, the way I brought it to my friend, I was like, I'm having doubts. Am I wrong? Am I like judging this wrong? Should I not reach out to her for her birthday? And she was like, would you doubt yourself normally? it was shame. So once I was able to to see it and then take ownership over it, I was able to separate myself from it. Oh, this is my shame. That's not me. I am not the things that my shame was saying. I do not have poor judgment. I am not unworthy. I am not overstepping any boundaries here. I am simply sending a birthday wish to my daughter. And so that's what I did. I did it anyway. I made the video like the second that we got off of the Zoom call. Actually, I put out the podcast last week's episode, and then I made the video and sent it. So when you're able to call shame out like that, then you're able to have agency over it. You're able to do the things. Now, I would be probably so sad with myself if I hadn't reached out right? If I hadn't, because, and I'm not saying, by the way, when I say this, just know that I'm not suggesting that you reach out and that you should not reach out. I think it's a case by case situation. And I know for me, the reason I wasn't reaching out was because of shame. And so I would have regretted it because it was holding me back. So yeah, it's amazing the clarity that you have when you're able to separate yourself from the shame state of mind. Then I was able to access the courage that I needed to do the thing. The thing about shame is, is it will have you believe all of those things that you're being accused of. It convinces you that you are just as bad, if not worse, than what the, you know, the alienating parent is saying about you. Shame sounds like they're right. You are a piece of shit. You are damaged goods. Maybe you are dangerous for your child. Shame sounds like you never should have done that. You should have known better. You should have seen the signs, done it differently. You know, all of the Monday morning quarterback sort of comments that your brain does on you in order to It it comes up because your brain is trying to keep you safe, right? It's, It's the mechanism installed in all of us that tries to, that wants to keep us away from trouble, keep us away from risk of embarrassment, of danger, really. But what shame does is the opposite of protecting us. Shame convinces us that we are all of the terrible things that the alienator, the opposing counsel, if we're talking about you being up on the stand, it convinces you that you're not a good parent, you're not deserving, and you're not worthy. What I do think, though, is that when you learn what shame looks like for you and you learn what your shame triggers are, then I think it can be helpful. Because then it pushes you to evolve. When we are able to overcome shame in the name of putting our neck out, becoming vulnerable in order to get up on the stand, to put ourselves at risk in order to maybe write the book or do a talk, you know, whatever risks that you've been wanting to take that you haven't yet taken because those risks involve courage. When you learn what your shame looks like, when you become wise to it, I think it can be good, right? It's forcing you to feel the uncomfortable feelings you need to feel in order to grow through it and disarm it. So for that reason, I do think it's helpful. When we learn how to be in discomfort, we grow always each time we feel it and prove to ourselves that we can survive it and still keep going, it's necessary to have the negative, if you will, feelings. Because and I know we've talked about this on many occasions is that without the negative, we wouldn't have the positive, right? And so I know that you don't want to always feel happy. The goal shouldn't be happy always. The goal maybe is to be able to be a master at overcoming our emotion, allowing our emotion, and still persevering, still pursuing through the emotion. The ability to identify it and the willingness to be with it and then to act anyway. This, my friends, is what life is about. On the other side of that is bliss a rush of the good feelings. It's a sense of accomplishment, maybe. Maybe it's a sigh of relief. If it's old trauma and shame associated with it, maybe, you know, you develop compassion for yourself, more empathy for those around you. Maybe it is connection that you feel on the other side of shame. So I do think that that it is necessary. The more that we demonize these negative feelings, in this instance, shame, the scarier it's going to seem, the darker it's going to seem. But when we can acknowledge that shame is just a part of our human experience, that every human being on this earth feels shame to all degrees. Shame happens for for so many reasons. It's not just because of abuse or feeling not enough as an alienated parent. People experience imposter syndrome when they are Embarking on like a new venture, going back to school as somebody in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, changing careers, moving to something different that that you've never done before. The possibility of triggering shame, it's a good one. But the voice will come in and be like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that now. You're trying to switch careers this far into life. Oh, you're not. That's just not a good idea. You're not cut out for this. Look at all the younger people doing it. You really think there's a space for you in that world. You're going to be made a fool of. So it can show up anywhere and it will. The victory is when you call it out for what it is and you're able to move through it, right? This is just shame. It's okay. Even Steve Jobs felt like this at one point. Whoever your idol is, they felt like this too, probably lots of times. Every time I feel vulnerable, every time I feel like exposed, the probability of shame being an accompanying emotion is good when you can expect it. Just know, okay, so this is shame. It's here again. This is just part of the human experience. I'm not the first person to feel it and I won't be the last. It doesn't feel good. I know that. I know it doesn't feel good when you're, when you're in it and when you're, yeah, Especially when you're not really, really truly, you're not able to separate that shame is shame and shame is not you. When you're believing the story, it's really difficult. And when you are abiding by shame's rules and hiding it away and keeping it locked down in the dungeon part of your body, then it's going to be very difficult to get a grasp on it. But when you're able to just, oh yeah, there it is. It's shame let's go ahead and bring it out. Let's set it on the front porch. <laughs> you know, that attitude, like more of a matter of fact sort of take, you'll find that it's just much easier to manage your own mind around it. Just call it out. Because if not, it has the, the potential to really fuck some shit up for you, right? Really has the potential to hold you back and to make you do or not do things that are below you. For so many years, I punched down. Shame told me I wasn't good enough. Shame told me that I wasn't strong enough. That I wasn't capable. That I wasn't smart enough. That I wasn't pretty enough. That I wasn't fast enough. That I wasn't add in any adjective you want. And I believed it. It will keep you from doing and living out all of your dreams if you let it. And so my challenge to you is every time you hear that voice doubting and questioning, like, "Mm, do you really think you should be doing that? That, just remind yourself, this is not me. I am capable. I am strong enough. I am caring and loving and nurturing and safe enough and protective enough and all of the things for your child that anybody, and your shame included, is trying to tell you that you're not. Okay? So, yes, it will steal your dreams if you let it, but you don't have to let it. So having the courage to get vulnerable will get you the life that you want. Having the courage to do the things that you want to do may be scary, but it will always lead you to a better path than listening to the doubting voice of shame. Shame gets you nothing. It gets you nowhere. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, like the biggest, craziest dreams that you might have that you keep backing down from because you keep hearing the voice telling you, who are you to want that? You could never do that. Don't kid yourself. Separate yourself from it and go do the damn thing. Okay? So anyway. So I would love it if you guys would rate and read you. I would really, really appreciate it. It helps other parents like you and me to find us. If you're feeling really from this, then that means that they might too. And so, yeah, I would really love that. Really, really love that for us and for them and for you, for everybody. <laughs> also... Healing Reinvention Program is open as always. If you want to get a handle of your the way that you're thinking and apply the concepts that I talk about here in this show to your specific situations so that you are able to change the way that you think on default and start thinking in a way that is more beneficial for you, then come on, come join us. We have weekly coaching calls and monthly course that focuses on different topics each month. This month, we are talking about possibilities and beliefs. This is part of the possibilities series that I've just started for this month. That's it. So you guys have a wonderful day. See you next week. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm honored that you chose to share your time with me. If you like what you've been hearing and you want more, come join me in the new monthly membership where we take the concepts that you hear about here and using a logical framework, you learn to apply them to your specific situations, upgrading your thoughts and your life, even while experiencing the grief of alienation. For more information, go to beyondthehighroad.com. See you soon.